Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. My guest today started her career working in the corporate world for many years as a global macroeconomist and a real estate investor. From a young age, she was always passionate about understanding the mind and helping others, and decided to make a total career change back in 2015 to pursue her true calling. After receiving her accreditations as a rapid transformational therapist and kinesiologist, she decided to launch her own company, Rapid Mind Redesign. Fast forward to today, her company has grown significantly and she has been able to fulfill her purpose of helping others by completely transforming the lives of her clients and freeing them of their pains and emotional blocks. During this episode, we discuss her experience working as an RTT therapist, she shares with us her own journey of transformation, and we talk about the impact that our thoughts and beliefs have on our lives. Her passion and desire to help others is something I truly admire and share. She is a perfect example of how anyone can turn their life around if they put in the work and learn to love themselves. And the most important message she wanted to share is to believe that we can all change and that we all have the power to change. And to remember that we all go through episodes in our life, but they are not the story of our life. Please welcome to the show, the amazing Miss Samira Alexander. Welcome, thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you for your time. Oh, I really appreciate it. Um, so Samira, we got put in touch through a friend of mine and it turns out that you actually are certified in the RTT therapist. therapist, which is what I'm studying at the moment. Yes. So it, I thought it'd be so interesting to talk to you and mm-hmm. to learn about your experience doing it, especially here in the UAE, and mm-hmm. like how did you get, how to get, how did you get into all this? Mm-hmm. But I want to start at the beginning. Why don't mm-hmm. you just give everyone a little bit of background about yourself, and okay. we'll take it from there. Okay, then. Um, so I'm from London, and I've been here in the UAE for about I think nearly 13 years. And I um, came, I've come from a very hardcore corporate background. I'm a global macroeconomist, uh, two degrees in economics. I worked in, re- I'm a real estate investor as well, uh, and did that for a while, and um, worked for consultancies and forecast real estate. Um, and But my passion has always been to make a difference, to work with people. Um, Ever since I was a kid, I was fascinated by the mind and how the mind works and how... um how we how we can change our thoughts and how you know we can overcome things mind over matter that was one of my mottos I always used to say I used to read something I remember an article I read by Trudy um, Styler um, Sting's wife and how she used to visualize things she used to write a few a list of things that she wanted to do the following day and she'd write them the night before and visualize them and then all those things used to get done the following day um, and so, and I used to read a, a, a books by this guy called Tony Bazan, who's still around, and he just created mind mapping. And um, so, yeah, I was always fascinated by the mind. But as I grew up, I actually had had to or decided to go into get a job and get, yeah. doing corporate and economics was one of my passions as well because it's a very dynamic uh, subject. And uh, and at one point, I think I wanted to be a trader, FX oh, really? trader. Okay. Yes, I wanted to be a trader. Um, so I used to do forecast, but I used to forecast um, global macroeconomies, things like that. And um, and then I obviously, you know, over the years, I took some time out to be an actress because I want to do something creative. Oh, no way. Yes, I did that. <laughs> That's cool. How long did you do that for? Um, a couple of years. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. Did you get um, into any like West yeah, End things? Yeah, um, I did like um, um, uh, um, t- little shows and things like that and um, documentary ser- um, series, um, dramas. 
Uh, my originally my background is Pakistani, so I did some okay. of those ones, and I also did some stuff in the UK and also some music videos and things like that. Oh no way! That's so cool. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> That's awesome. And then um, yeah, and then um, and then I went back into then I became a real estate investor and back into, and I thought wouldn't economics and real estate wouldn't it be great to find a job combined with those two together? And I didn't even know they existed, but there were. Um, real estate forecasting jobs available for people to forecast real estate, residential, commercial, for real estate advisory companies. And so then I was doing that and that was my passion. And um, and then I got headhunted when the market collapsed and was, was going about just before collapsing in the US and the UK. I knew that was going to happen. So I wanted to move to a different country. I wanted to move to the East and Middle East and um, or Asia. And I got headhunted for a job at Aldar. Yeah. So I went there and it was an amazing experience. I had four years there and then moved to Etihad. But even though I loved what I was doing, I was really passionate about what I was doing, my heart wasn't completely aligned with what I was doing because my heart was always, always drawn to reading about the mind, health, wellness. And just I was just I would be fascinated by it all. And So did you not feel like fulfilled? Yeah, I mean, so I don't think I was completely fulfilled. I think that sometimes, as much as I loved what I was doing, I think that I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I wasn't feeling aligned. Aligned. Yeah, okay. I wasn't feeling aligned, and I, I and I tried a few times to tap into my calling, but I think I wasn't ready because I think I'd get sick um, doing healings and things like that, or cleanses, and and you know we started off doing something on Reiki. And then I did a weekend there and I got sick. And then, and I think I'd never found anything that I really was completely enamored by. I think when I, I actually, how I came across Marissa was actually when I was 30, living in Putney. And I was going through my own confidence issues. I'd been bullied as a kid at school. And, um, and uh, it had an impact on my confidence. Even though on the outside I was, I was quite tough, uh, strong and tough and things, I get through things. I think internally, you know, your, you know, your lack of worth you'd ha- it filters through or your lack of confidence. And I think I went to see Marissa. I found her and I still try to remember how I, I came across her. I wasn't sure if it was the yellow pages or if somebody had recommended Marissa. And she was living quite close to me. So I went to see her at the age of 30 for confidence and she was amazing then she uh, was very loving and warm and kind and the session was phenomenal and um and over the years I kept in touch with her <clears throat> and you know friends and family had sessions with her um she even came to Dubai at one point as well and um and so when I was actually going through my whole corporate journey I remember Marissa but I also remember that she wasn't teaching anything so I was looking for a course in hypnotherapy I was looking for some training um, and my other passion was kinesiology. So what happened in November, two, well, no, beginning of uh, 2015 was I came across an amazing woman called Michelle, who, Shadal, who's a um, phenomenal coach, executive coach, and um, has a school, runs, has created a school over the last five years in kinesiology. Okay. And she's a kinesiologist as well. And what is kinesiology, by so the way? So kinesiology is tapping, using the body to tap into your subconscious level. It's actually, we have um, a lot of meridians. We like we have veins with blood flowing through our bodies. We have meridians flowing through our bodies. And we can end up having energy blocks in those, in those, in the, in those, in those areas. pathways. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 
And we also, when we're having emotion, holding emotion, sometimes we get angry, we get, we're depressed, or we're having anxiety. So when people say to you, when you're, or you may have anxiety, you may be holding it in your chest, is because you tend to hold anxiety in your chest or your stomach. If you're full of anger, if you're feeling angry, you're going to be holding it in your liver. So there's this connection with the mind and body anyway, yeah. um, and you can release that emotion. You you end up holding the emotion, and when we use muscle indicators so we can muscle test to find out where the body is the body can be strong and it can be weak and so kinesiology can show you where we may be holding emotion what emotion we're holding especially if we're trying to achieve a goal okay and then we can release those blocks that we may have tapping in the subconscious level but from a conscious point of view and using the body to give us the message mm. It's very similar to RTT where we're tapping a subconscious level, but RTT goes a deep level further where it actually goes, you're tapping a subconscious level from the get-go. So you're going to tap into scenes, feelings, and sensations, which yeah. I'll talk about in a minute. But So anyway, so I... Um, so I, um, you know, I was approached and I thought, okay, well, I'll jump to the chance to do kinesiology. I felt that I have to, where am I going to go for the next 10, 20 years of my life? I don't want to be in corporate. I want to be moving away from that. And I want to be creating something of my own. And, and so hence, I jumped at the chance of doing kinesiology because I, I was fascinated by that again. Um, your thoughts can create how your body is weak and strong. Again, it's phenomenal. It blows my mind all the time when we, I, I still do it. So it's mind-blowing. And then um, that very year, Marissa then decided to teach her method RTT. Yeah. And so I jumped at a chance to do it. I, you know, it was a pioneer group. There was only about 38 of us at the time uh, from all over the world. And I was actually meant to be... Uh, on a trip to Moscow with my company because I was traveling around to do a specific project. And I, while I was in Moscow, I hadn't spoken to Marissa and she said, you can come to the course, but I'd be missing two days. And she said, she said, yeah, we just catch up later. And I said, okay. Funnily enough, when I got to Moscow, all those meetings got canceled. And I thought, I wonder if I can actually fly to London from here and take those extra two days. Yeah, yeah. And then I just Googled, um, oh, I first asked my boss and he said, fine. And then I looked at flights and I was able to fly from Moscow to Berlin, to London, to the course and be late only by 30 minutes. Wow. On the, fir on the first day. <laughs> that's amazing. Now, if you don't think that that's meant to be, then I don't know what is. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Everything just, just was basically... Uh, move really flow, it's, uh, you know, went f it was went smoothly. So, you know, so my journey. Um, so as I said, I was in corporate hardcore, but I just felt at some point I needed to really tap into that whole side of me making a difference and helping people. Yeah. And I think it was time for me to start doing that and building that. I wasn't sure when I was going to do it, but I wanted to do the training so I could actually create a plan. Yeah, yeah. So really, 2015 was a pivotal. Well, it all changed so mm. i started doing kinesiology and by august i decided or marissa announced that she was going to do her course in rtt her first ever course and launch rtt and so we did that in november 2015 and I, honestly i was there for two weeks at the time she was eight days sorry it was eight days and um it was amazing every single second 
of that day was phenomenal. I loved every single second of it and I, I didn't want it to end. <laughs> um, I've spent hundreds of thousands of pounds on my education over the years and I've done masters, all sorts of things. But that particular course was one course where you could actually get to sit there and talk about the mind, talk, talk about all possibilities. I mean, you can create anything you want to if you want to, providing you know how to use your mind yeah. and clear those blocks. You can create anything. And what a wish list. I mean, that's your genie, isn't yeah, it? That's 100%, your genie. Yeah. So it was it was phenomenal. I loved every single second of that. Uh, I made great friends there. Marisol's course was amazing. And um, and I came back to my corporate job. And in during that co corporate job, I was still trying to see clients and and do my um, and still do my day job. But um, and I was kind of kind of building everything in the background. Uh, but I also could see that obviously things were changing in the company, that things may change and that there may be job cuts, things like that. I kind of predicted that, I think, because my background as an economist, I could see things happening. And I thought there's potentially that's going to happen. <clears throat> but I wasn't worried because I knew that I had to back up and I w what I want to do. And November, sorry, February 2017 was actually a time when we there were a group of us that were made redundant. I kind of, I think when they actually called us into a room and just told us, and I think, I wonder if they're going to just say there's a pay cut or is it made redundancy? Is it that? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. is it that? Because they're constantly saying that the whole department's going to be made cut. There'll be cuts and blah, 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 blah. So we're waiting and waiting and every meeting that was happening. And I thought, I wonder what's going to happen. And I remember the HR guy coming in and he had brown envelopes. And I said, okay, ah, we're being we <laughs> cut. But the thing is that I couldn't stop smiling. <laughs> I said to you, are you okay? <laughs> he kind of gave you the out that you were looking for. Absolutely. And to this day, this story has been made out that, you know, when people have been made that made redundant at that particular company, they said, don't worry about it. You know, we had this one particular person who was made redundant. She was smiling and she was happy. And, you know, she went off and did her own thing. And it, it, it's true. And the thing is, sometimes, you know, we, you know, I was ready anyway, but I, but I think sometimes the universe forces us to put, be put in a situation that we need to be. And I think COVID is that situation as well. We're being faced to confront fears and our anxiety and things to maybe move out of our comfort zone to really go for what we really want to go for. Because if we don't do it now, when the hell are we going to do it? That's true. Right? 100%. So I think that was the opportunity for me. And I think I still think I tried to apply for jobs, trying to follow the sheep. But yet I just thought one day, I think I just applied for a couple of jobs. And even though I had the right experience, I wasn't even getting interviews. And before that, I would always get at least one or two. You know, I just have to apply for one or two jobs and I'd get one of the jobs always all my life. And um, so this time I thought this is really strange. And I thought, OK, let me just test this. If I try and apply for jobs, let me see, nothing's happening. But every time I work on my business um, and do something towards that, it kind of flows. Mm. So maybe it's because I really need to be really focusing, focusing on that. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't look back since. After the, Within that month, I you know, had my website up and running and I just started telling friends and people and already got some testimonials as well. And each month I was getting more clients and clients. Um, and really, my business overall has grown and it till date a lot of it's through referral based Refer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think it's the best way 100 percent. um i've only really just started really doing social media i was really lazy of doing social media and um i suppose covid was that place for me to do that uh, because i want to make more of an impact but um i think that 
I think a lot of it is referral based. You know, people want to have uh, referrals, t- recommendations, and so I'd have spouses telling their spouses, colleagues telling colleagues, parents telling children, children telling parents, um, and yeah, that's how it's really grown, and yeah. developed in my business. So, so really, yeah, how did I get into this? I had a passion for it, or I had a childhood passion to make a difference and help people. And um, my other childhood passion was when I was about in my 20s, you know, I used to meet people um, <clears throat> who'd come from Dubai and they said, oh, yeah, they've been working in Dubai for God knows how. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> I didn't even know what Dubai looked like. Yeah, yeah. But all I knew is hot and sunny and I wanted to be there. <laughs> and uh, that was my dream to be somewhere hot and sunny in a, in a country that was east and west which I think Dubai is an amazing example, perfect it's place. Mix. It's an amazing, amazing mix. Yeah. And celebrates Islam as well as all other religions as well and respects those, tolerance. Um, beautiful place, beautiful food, all multicultural, I love it. Equidistance for anywhere in the world. So you can yeah, jump yeah. on a plane yeah, and yeah. be anywhere. And yeah. that's what I used to do before. It could be jumping on a plane to Australia, jumping on a plane to UK or jumping on a plane to LA or, you know, or sometimes I'd be Australia stopping here and then going to LA or something like that. So it's crazy that all the traveling that I've done. So, and yeah, and then I'm living my dream. I mean, I have, through my journey of that childhood dream that I had, I'm now having uh, living in the place that I want to live in, doing the work that I want to do and fully aligned with what I'm doing. So yes, you know, I loved what I did in corporate, but sometimes you come across toxic relationships, you know, idiot bosses, um, people that you don't want to work with anymore. And yeah. I think I gr- grew out of it. Yeah. Anyway, corporate, because you don't want to play that game anymore. You don't want to be playing, you know, that egotistical thing that's going on. And, you know, there's lots of good people there, but sometimes you just have tired of the politics and game playing and things yeah. like that. a lot of bureaucracy. And also <laughs> bureaucracy, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your life's too short. And obviously I feel that that wasn't what I was sent here to do. Yeah. And so as soon as I, I was aligned with what I was doing, everything flowed for me. And so, yeah, as I was saying, I, I get to live in a place I want to live in. I get to see where, where I live. I get to see the sea every day as well <laughs> in JBR. And um, I live and I fully aligned with what I'm doing. Yeah. So I've been doing it five years and I've served a lot of people and I'm grateful and honored that I've been able to have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And I wake up every day excited that my heart is full. My heart is really full as we speak here right now of of being having the opportunity to be able to help so many people and make a difference yeah. and use a technique that is so simple yet very, very powerful and combined with my coaching, other things that you do, but you know, using RTT to really make that difference because life is too short. People don't need to be in pain. They don't need to suffer. Um, and I really believe, and I have enough testimonials, enough results from clients, working with clients, they don't have to be in pain and suffer. And I work with some of the most traumatic of traumatic situations. Yeah. Sometimes clients have completely forgotten what's happened to them and buried yeah, like them. like repressed them. memories and stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm living my dream. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really so awesome. Has that, has that answered your question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that answered my question perfectly. So many points to like pick up on. Okay. Um, I wanted to, first of all, come back to, because I was curious, the uh, kinesiology that you were talking mm. about. So you said something about you can do a test and identify where you have blocks in the body, right? Uh, so how do you, yeah. what, what is that test? What does that look like? Because I'm like, it's that a sounds muscle, super interesting. Yeah, so it's like a muscle test. You would, you know, 
uh, you know the body has runs has an electric current and sometimes when your body is uh, is is scrambled or there's blockages in the body the, the energy is not flowing the electric current's not flowing um, so you can use your arm as a muscle test or different muscles in the body as an indicator to say if the body um, and test in parts of the body to see which part of the body is weak okay. or we have we use um, very much Chinese medicine kind of um, information to mm. find out where whether you're holding emotion where you're holding the blockage and what the emotion would be yeah. so it could be worry it could be anxiety it could mm. be lack of self-worth it could be despair it could be we have a whole list of emotions that you could be holding on to in a part some part of your body yeah. and then we'd be asking the client well, you know, you come for this goal that you want to make $10,000, say, a month. Yeah. Yet you're, you've got your body is weak when we, when your body is weak when we muscle test you for that goal. And the emotion that's coming up is um, lack of self-worth. Yeah. And so where do you, and, and it's to your, you feel that you have lack of self-worth. So why do you have that? So where does that come from? Yeah. And so we have that dialogue with, with a client to find out where they may have the lack of self-worth or what's come. And so that's more conscious. It, the body is tapping a subconscious level, but the answers and the questions you ask, you're, you're having a dialogue with the, the client at a conscious level. Yeah. If you did that um, in, in RTT, obviously you wouldn't know where your, um, what emotion you'd be holding but you know a client may come in and say that i'm suffering from anxiety or i have low self-esteem and when you put them into a relaxed state you're asking those questions and they're giving you the answers about you know i okay i subconscious mind take me back to a scene or a feeling or a sensation what triggered the anxiety anxiety or lack of self-worth and they may go back oh well you know i didn't have a good relationship with my dad or you know i i was bullied at school yeah or something happened and and okay, and then you can ask them. Well, where would you hold that emotion? Where are you holding your lack of self worth? So you can ah, still. So, okay. so that's how body, you kind of combine the two of them together. Well, the it's it's interesting. The thing is, it, it, the body holds emotion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's two different two different modalities are showing you where they're going to hold it, and they're probably very very close to that. Most places you'll be holding it. You'll be holding anxiety or lack of self worth in your chest, your solar plexus, your anger in your liver. But you're not when you're doing RTT. They're not going to say, "Oh, I'm holding my liver," but they'll feel it around their body, in the main organs, or it could be in their head that they've got a memory about it all. Um, it may not be as exact, but they it's about where they're feeling it because when yeah. they feel the emotion, they'll know where they're holding it. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So we do definitely hold emotion in our body anyway. For sure. It's about how you release it. You you can release it using kinesiology, or you can use it using RTT. But you also let go of that. Um, um, rewiring and patterning in kinesiology is extremely powerful um, and you're you know if you do a series of sessions and stuff you're re recalibrating the body and the mind anyway and the awareness is 50% which is really going to make a difference as well yeah whereas even RTT that takes it that little step further where you clear it as well but you also can have a recording to rewire your brain yeah, and thinking exactly. about it and stuff exactly. and so you can upgrade your thinking yeah, it's kind of a bit more, and uh, it's a faster process. On they're both fast, but one's slightly faster sure. on some level, depending on what, what somebody wants to do. Yeah, and what's better for them? One hundred percent. One thing, like going through the course and you know actually doing a session the other day, what blew my mind is, it's so interesting when you're in a session with someone, what the things that come up mm -hmm. and the feedback I got from the person I was helping was. He's like, I've been aware of those sessions before, but I've never 
found the link between them and understood them until exactly. now. Exactly, connecting the dots. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of connecting the dots. They may be aware of it, but they've never connected the dots or they haven't seen it from that perspective, perspective and exactly. that's blown people away. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, again, two days ago, I had a client exactly like that. She was following the same pattern in her workplace that she was dealing, doing when she was with her relationship with her dad. And she hadn't realized that. I mean, it really kicked off because she had that relationship with her dad and that and and how she was behaving. Her behavior create, was created because of that. Yeah. But she was still, but her work situation was triggering that and she was behaving like that in the workplace. Mm. And I feel that a lot of things that happen in the workplace are triggers that take you back to your childhood. For instance, if you're having... Okay, that's but, interesting. Yeah, I, I really do believe that. Okay, I've walk seen us through that. What, what do you mean, like... Well, for instance, if you have a... Have you have a if you have a mean boss or something, you have a boss that's quite difficult, you're not having getting on with them, you're being triggered, yeah? yeah. You're carrying something, and it's if it, it means that you're, you hate one, you don't want to go into work, he's causing you too much stress and things like that. Of course, we are, you know, we will be on stress and things, but there could be a, somebody, a colleague, a work colleague, who, who, who triggers you, or it could be a boss that you don't want to talk to, but you're afraid of and things. And it's not the boss itself. I'm so, I'm, of course, you're being affected by the boss, but the underlying, there's an underlying issue that you haven't sorted out that goes back to childhood. Yeah. And that boss could be triggering you because okay. of being bullied at school. I mean, I could say, I, you know, I was bullied at school um, for the color of my skin because even though I'm quite fair um, in the 70s, obviously, and even though there were, were black children and Asian children then, I was still singled out for being Asian or, uh, you know, derogatory words were said. And I would, that's when I first started primary school and it affected me because I hadn't, I found it was just really bizarre that... You know, my skin, I thought I was the same as everyone else. And suddenly I'm different. Mm. And so I had a, I went through a period of being bullied that had affected me. Um, and then um, I, even though I felt I had cleared some of it or I tried to overcome it, I felt that, you know, and this is the thing that you sometimes are attracting those things and situations because you haven't dealt with it. Um, so in the workplace, you're attracting getting bullied or you may be in a relationship, you get bullied and things like that because you, you, you can look at it from a point of view of vibration or you can look at it from a point of view of that lack of confidence. It's lower so that some people can sniff it out or mm. people can think yeah, and yeah, they'll yeah. take advantage of that. Yeah. So even though you think you're very confident things, your energy body or energy you emit will, pi will be picked up by other people and they'll know that you're, it's a vibration. Yeah. And so, um, so I was getting triggered by bosses or a few bosses where... Um, I, I didn't see them for who they were. As I said, yes, they were not so nice people. But if you, if I didn't have the issue of the bullying from the past, I hadn't cleared that. Had I cleared that, then I would just see the boss as an issue for what it was. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah, I see. Whereas where you're, what you're doing is that if you haven't cleared anything from the past and you're being triggered, it means you're going all the way back and you're carrying all of that motion and everything else and that baggage you're carrying on with yourself. You're constantly getting triggered and saying, see, see, this is what the kids used to say. And see, he's saying the same thing. He's saying the same thing. When in fact, if you've cleared all of that past and you're dealing with a difficult boss, you're just saying, for what, what is this difficult? Why is this boss difficult? And you know that it's nothing to do with you because obviously anyone who's a bully is because they have low sex. Lack of self-esteem and yeah. uh, and insecure. Period. Yeah. yeah. Um, because no one has to be mean to anyone. Nobody has to be rude or difficult to anyone. They have got their own baggage and they're taking it out themselves. To, they're projecting uh, uh, onto proj other people. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So that's why. Um, 
you know, that's why I think in the workplace, a lot of people get stressed out and they get triggered by bosses and are very demanding and things. They're not being triggered by the boss itself. They're being triggered. They're they're being triggered by the. They are being triggered by the boss, but it's not that issue that's that, that's that's been is causing the anxiety and stress. It's what's happened in the past, and, yeah, and, and the excess mm. baggage are carrying because of that because they don't believe they're good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, yeah. Yeah. because they've had some trauma, and so if they've cleared all of that and they feel good enough, then they can deal with. It. And I've worked with clients of that where, you know, that we've we've cleared the past and stuff, and then you know, <clears throat> I remember one client basically who was dealing with a, a difficult boss and you know he was being really mean to her yeah. and saying that I don't want you to even even look at me and stuff if you come into the office you know and she was very you know she was didn't know even know what to do and so she's quite meek and then um, and had a lot of anxiety we cleared all the anxiety we cleared out the past and um, when we gave her that solid boost when she would go in she would obviously go in with her head held high and she was confident enough to actually even look at her her boss and just smile and just carry on with her work and go off and do her thing. And that, she's projecting completely different energy yeah. to the point where other people are saying to her, oh my God, your energy is really different. What, what have you done? Have you got a new boyfriend? And she's saying, she didn't. She just smiled herself and didn't say anything. But they say, you must have a new boyfriend because you look so different. You seem so happy. You know, God forbid if you're happy because you love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> And she was telling me this. I was chuckling. To, we were chuckling together about that. And what happened was that she was looking at her boss and that, and straight in the eye because he said to her, "Don't ever look. Give me eye contact. I don't want to ever see you again." And some rubbish that he was doing. And so, because she felt that confident, she walked into that, you know, into the office, and she'd be really confident in the office, and she would look straight at him. He didn't know what to do. In fact, the first time she did it, he was on the phone in a glass office somewhere, and he was just like taken aback that she was able to do. It. How dare she even look at me? How <laughs> dare she? He was a bit shocked and didn't know what to do. And then she did it again, and he tried it again to see. And then you know, but she overcome that block and the thing is she realized it was nothing to do with him and she just realized who he was for what he was yeah. and she wasn't going to let him affect her yeah. um so that's just one example so that's why when we go into um and mental health is a big issue i think in corporate now i think you know i've worked in corporate for quite many years and i, I and now even more so how difficult it is um and the pressure that people are under yeah people need to be, to be taking care of their mental health it's so important um and i think now companies are realizing that i think before covid mental health it wouldn't existed corporate and mental health would not exist together i don't believe no. a lot of companies don't do it they just think well you know because it's seen as weak and a lot, a lot of um ceos and cfos and things like that people i've worked with high achievers who would say well if anyone knew I was coming to see you, they'd see it as a weakness. I'd, I, I'd be seen as weak. When in fact, they're actually strong. And um, and also if to talk about it all, you know, it's just seen as a weakness. Yeah. Um, but now I think given what's happened and, you know, we in a world of anxiety right now, and so much uncertainty, I think companies are becoming more aware. And I think a lot of companies, especially here, were reaching out to therapists and, and people, uh, uh, healthcare workers to, to, to have talks. And I spoke to, uh, I did a, a few webinars as well to companies and to charities and things to uh, about being resilient and how to deal with it, what's going on um, and how to remain, push, pull yourself through that. Yeah. Um, so I welcome that. And I think it's amazing, brilliant that they are doing that because it's really important they take care of their, their people because if they're not taking care of the people, nothing else is going to get done. 
Yeah, yeah that's true. And if, if companies, I think they're now realizing that it really has impact on the bottom line anyway. So yeah. take care of the people, you're going to be okay. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, like you said, I think COVID definitely has accelerated the importance of mental health in the yes. workplace and in work in general. I think it's also, though, very culturally dependent because in my time when I was working in Amsterdam, and most not in the actually not in the corporate world let me rephrase that but in like the startup world mental health was quite a big thing yes yeah so i think depending on where you are in the world there's a different perception surrounding mental health and i know here definitely is yeah it definitely would be seen i think as a weakness from in, in general yeah you know? so i told, yeah. i totally agree with that yeah and startups you know mental health is a big issue because the thing is that a lot of entrepreneurs you know, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint-hearted you know <laughs> no, even, ha- even having your own business you know I love what I do and, you know, I eat, breathe, sleep it. I'm an entrepreneur. I've done lots of other things um, and I love what I do and I'm passionate about it. And that's why I think that when people like Steve Jobs say, find something that you're pretty passionate about or Elon Musk says it because they're right. If you're not passionate about what you do, then sometimes when it when it gets tough or when you're really tired, um, you're not going to push yourself through it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I used to work in corporate and I used to work 14 hour days. And uh, yeah, I get tired, but I had to I had to do it. I work sixteen hour days sometimes now, but I, it's not working. I mean, it's a passion, it's a drive. I could be working with clients here, um, Abu Dhabi, and then online till the early hours sometimes. And you know, and as long as I'm fed and just, I'm, sometimes I've just had one coffee um, because I do intermittent fasting. That's where intermittent fasting is okay. really powerful for me. Okay. Yeah, but you don't you you kind of get tired but you know this is your passion yeah you're making a difference and people need help and you're helping them so um of course you need to take self-care but you know you're you're doing it so there's that passionate drive to do it but even then i think that um it's a lonely game it's a lonely game being you know as an entrepreneur it's all you it's all you and then startups that's why it's really hard going because you're building a business up it could be a year two years three years before anyone even you know get anywhere if that if you're lucky if you survive that uh, to survive that and the thing is that it's a lonely game and you know um and you, sometimes you may not get the support that you want or you you have the vision you have the drive to do it and no not everyone else is going to have the same vision True. and drive to do it 100% and so yes mental health amongst entrepreneurs particularly and startups and stuff is very important and they you know you know there's lots of people who have committed suicide because their business haven't worked out and things and they've attached their self-esteem to their business yeah exactly it's out it's out my self-esteem is drawn from my outward success not from who, yeah. who i am as a person exactly. and what, I, be, what yeah. i think of myself yeah, yeah yeah exactly one of the things that i thought like coming back to the hypno uh, the rtt and the hypnotherapy thing that i thought was really interesting because i was speaking with a friend the other day and it all comes down to and correct me if i'm wrong please it all comes down to beliefs right yeah your beliefs yeah now the question i wanted to ask you let's say i'm a client I was introduced to you. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that this will work. But beliefs are big and beliefs yeah. play such a key role yeah. in it being successful. Yeah. Will, will it, can, can it be, could you convince me otherwise? Or if that's my belief from the beginning, it's probably not going to work out. Well, I think I'll just say, well, why do you want to see me? Then? If you believe that it's not going to work, then why, why, why are you here? Okay. Because okay. I'm, not, I'm, not in a, I'm not in the business to convince people. I want people to okay. come in that, you know, if people say, look, I'm a bit skeptical about it. Yeah. And like I spoke to somebody else two days ago, again, who was skeptical about it. And I just said, look, 
you know, you may be skeptical. He said, well, I'm not sure about it. And I said, like, do you want to get better or or you, you don't want to? Um, and he wants to get better. And I said, well, look, you know, I know you may be skeptical. And then I gave him a lot of evidence and backup and case studies um, and um, of success stories and things that, you know, so that basically he's not skeptical and maybe he keeps an open mind. By the end of that conversation, he said, okay, I'm open-minded about it. I'm willing to do it. Um, my first, actually, one of my first clients was skeptical. Really? He was in South Africa. He was okay. a businessman. And he said, listen, I'm, I've heard about this RTT. And um, I know you're in Dubai. And like we could do Zoom session. And look, I'm really skeptical about it. And I'm not sure about it. And, um, you know, but, you know, we had a conversation. And in the end, he just said, you know what? I'm open-minded about it. Let's do it. I said, okay. That guy... Ended up being one one of my biggest fans. Really, okay. he ended up. Really, he had businesses, and um, he ended up letting go of some of the blocks that he had because he never wanted to be an entrepreneur. He wanted to be a racing car driver, oh, and okay. um, but he ended up being in business, and he was tired, and he, you know, and then he wrote books, and uh, it basically unleashed a whole new area of his life that he never thought he was going to access yeah and he wrote me a beautiful long page testimonial other than that so i mean the thing is people can say they're skeptical and then we can have a conversation about it if they're willing to have a conversation that's not a problem if you're going to be skeptical and you're thinking oh you know i try and try and try and hypnotize me or try and try and do rtt on me mm -mm. Um, and let's see if it works that I'm not going to bother. I, I'm not going to try and convince them. Because you're being, in that way, you're kind of being well, coming, challenged, right? Yeah, not, it's not, not being like, challenged. It's like, well, what are you doing? I mean, you know, why do you want to put yourself like that? Yeah. And and you're not you're you're not surrendering yourself to the process. You're not open to the process. And you know, you know, it's not a, this is not a game. Yeah, for <laughs> it's sure. Not a game. That's for sure. So it's something. If if you're going to be open minded about it, great. Yeah. Because you are going to, and it is all about beliefs. We believe that we are worthy. We believe we don't. We're not but worthy. You can believe that you love yourself ten out of ten today. You can believe you're not worth worth ten out of ten. You came into this world believing you 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 had a belief you were happy, no fears, happy baby, uh, no care in the world, and you picked up beliefs on the way. Yep. Those beliefs and there's enough evidence out there that believes you know you are what you think. And 100%. I'm a pranic healer. I'm a kinesiologist. I've um, RTT therapist. I've done yoga. I've worked a lot of energies, and also, you know, you know, I, I, I as a kid, you know, I didn't ha know this, but I, I have psychic ability, so I'm quite psychic on some levels. I don't really go into it much, but you know, I know about energies and I know about feelings, and it's about it's about your. Um, you know, you believe something is going to be. You believe it. Your mind is is a mind is a computer. You will give it instructions, and the mind will say, "Okay, okay, I'm going to do that for you." I'm going to do that for you, right? Yeah. We um. So, but from pranic healing, from kinesiology, I mean, I've seen it. You know, your your body becomes weak. You think a thought, a negative thought, your body becomes weak. You think a good thought. Your body becomes strong. Our thoughts are things. They say it in the secret, although I'm not a complete big fan of secret, but it says thoughts are things. It's true. We emit the energy. We emit the vibration. So, um, and your beliefs are what you are. So yeah. you, why would you believe that you're anything less than? Um, and it's a shame that other people do tell people that, you know, you're never going to get better, you know, and they believe it. But you know also people who believe who won't refuse, who refuse to believe that, and they are walking again. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So it's about belief. Yeah. It's about your belief about yourself, not what anyone else can say about you. And what we do is we end up believing everyone else rather than believing ourselves. Yeah. 
And that's where the problem is. And the other thing is that the other problem I find is that most people think that whatever thought that comes to their mind, they have to react to it. That that's it. That thought's coming into my mind and that's it. It must be actionable now. Actionable or I believe it because the thought said, I'm not worthy and things. The mind doesn't know the difference between a good thought or a bad thought. It's just a thought. It's just kind of functioning off, firing off all the time. But especially if you've thought something or something's happened and you had a thought about something and you... Every day, your same time, roughly, you're having the same thought again. It becomes a pattern. Yeah. The brain's creating algorithms to, to minimize expenditure of energy. And you are then create that belief, behavior. And then you're on that downward spiral and upward spiral. Yeah. But you can change it, in an, change it in an instant. You can change it in an instant. And you can change your life. I mean, if I muscle test you now, if, you, if I said to you, you know, I'm strong, your muscles will be strong. You'll feel life energy through your whole body. It will be strong and solid. If, if you started saying I'm weak, I'm pathetic or whatever negative words you'd say to yourself, your body will just go completely weak yeah. and you will have no life energy. Yeah. The whole body reacts to what you're saying. Yeah. One th- and, and thinking. I think the perfect thing to come on to after that yes. is, and what I've learned from the course is, it blows my mind, just like you said, I'm strong and I'm weak, the importance of language. Oh, my God. And the words, words are so important. But it's crazy. I, I can't know. believe it. And it's not just RTT. Look, Marissa is amazing and she's saying that the words are things. It's true. And there's enough evidence. You you can actually, you know, Dr. Komoto was, a, a, um, I think, a marine biologist or a scientist, and he was working with water. And he... Um, Sadly, he's died recently, but it's really sad because he's very young. But anyway, he came across this by accident and he was uh, noticing that waters, if you said positive words into water, the, 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 the water would crystallize in beautiful patterns. What? Yes. What? Yes. Really? Yes. yes. And if you said, if you blowed, if you said negative words into the water, it would come up with ugly looking crystal. Wow. And he's photographed all of this. He's photographed all of this. He's even he's even done, I think, the word with Allah. Okay. And it's a beautiful, beautiful crystal. And that guy, I mean, that is, if that doesn't show you that basically whatever you say creates that vibration, he can crystallize it and what it looks like, then I don't know what it is. There was another study uh, recently or uh, a while back when you can, if you, they had two plants in a school and one plant, the people were saying, um, um, like negative things negative things yeah. right and the other one was positive and that negative the negative things on that and that um on that plant the whole plant withered away wow another story and this is uh, from a story from my uh, dr Jew, who's a creator of pkp um, kinesiology who's okay. based in um, australia and he came and did one year uh, he did a, a, a training with us for i think like a one or two weeks i think it was uh, so i can facilitate uh, kinesiology classes for the first year and things because i'm about to graduate um, my fi- fifth year so um and he was telling us that you know he he was a medical doctor and he then started doing kinesiology as well and or you know and, and taking an arm of uh, of kinesiology and actually adding to that and he created professional kinesiology really felt that we needed a they the world needed a professional kinesiology practice that people you know for, for people mm. and he used to have he's a medical doctor and so he used to have people coming in and talking um and and t- telling them about his, their problems and one of the things he used to do to help them deal with the problems he said write down your worry so there will be a worry basket mm-hmm. that they would have okay and um 
and uh, they would write down the worry, uh, the worry and then put it into the basket. And so they put it into the basket and they'd walk off. So people would come into the clinic, write down their little worries, put it into the basket and then forget about it and leave. Because it felt them that they, there was a way of alleviating the pain or like the stress. Like a release. Release, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he did that. So he did that. Now, what happened was that the, the nurse who used to empty out the, um, the... So there was the office and behind... The, it was the back of the... There was... Um, a garden and a parking area and then there was next to it there was the um, kind of a river or something and what the nurse would do would like empty the basket of all those worries out of the window into the garden or something apparently it was going meant to blow away into the river and it just all flow away okay I don't know if that's ecologically (laughs) friendly or not but this is the story and I heard it from the horse's mouth anyway so he was she was doing that and then one day Dr. Jew's colleague, another doctor who was in the practice, saying, listen, you don't know, you can't believe what's happened, but I bought this brand new car. It's red. It's a brand new car. And the paint is coming off the bonnet already. I don't know what's going on, but I don't know what the hell's going on, but, you know, this is really frustrating. And he just thought, that's really strange. And he said, well, well where are you parking it? And he, and he showed him exactly where he parked it. And he parked it just underneath the window of where... Where all that was falling out. I was falling out. Okay. Okay. So he said, now that's how powerful energy is, mm. okay? And this is, and so basically he said, well, you parked it here. She's been throwing all these like pieces of paper, which of energy, with quite negative energy, is hitting your car and it's um, eroding the enamel. He said, what are you talking about? This is rubbish. This is woohoo. Forget this and stuff like that. It's okay. The doctor actually went back and repainted. He said, there's obviously something for, he re- had it repainted and he re-parked it back again. In the same place. And the same thing happened again. <laughs> And then obviously he realized that I'm not going to park there again. So there's enough evidence, there's enough stories, there's enough people out there who are talking about this, how even Dr. Bruce Lipton has done scientific studies about how the brain activity actually is outside the brain. You can It comes outside the brain, which means that you are sending out frequencies, okay. vibrations. Yeah. And so if that's when your thoughts are, when you're saying things or you're writing them down, it has energy. Mm. So... If there's some, this is something I don't understand because I've I've heard about the tree example, but all those examples are <clears throat> scientifically researched. They're you know, like they're clear. There's no like bias behind it. So why, or at least my perception, I think a lot of people still find it or are skeptical about like all this kind of stuff. Why do you think that is? I've never been able to figure out what the reason is. I think that um, I think people are not in it. I think when people get, I think you know when you go on this kind of journey of of transformation or understanding and things it's only when you've gone through something happening to you i think there's another doctor i heard um he said you'll continue to do the same patterns until something happens you know that's negative tragic or negative or or massive life-changing it could be a car accident it could be a death it could be um a divorce it could be a loss of a child or something something happens where you kind of then reflect and when it's that time or you're looking, creating these patterns, so you had a break of a relationship, and you're going through all of this, and then suddenly you have something, and then you go back and reflect, and you start looking at, well, okay, I've gone to the doctor, I've had these medications, it's not working, or it could be health issues, it could be psychological issues, I've, I've done psychology, or I'm having medication, I feel I need something else, or sometimes, and so they may think, they start looking and investigating, and the more people start reading, the more um, 
start going on their journey of discovery, yeah. the more people are finding these things and then maybe then trying them out and things. Yeah. And that's why kinesiology is very well known in Australia, Canada, no US anyway, and UK as a, as a, as a go-to thing anyway. Hypnotherapy, I've even met uh, Dr. Emmett Miller, who I met, a phenomenal guy, and he used to use hypnotherapy in his surgery, in operations, in the 1960s and 70s. In the 60s and 70s? Yes. Wow, even back then? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and he was from Harvard. Okay. So, you know, the whole idea of hypnotherapy is not about clucking like a chicken on stage. And to be honest, I don't even know how people do that because I think people know exactly what they're doing. It's free will. So I, I'm not sure about how that works. And I'm, well, I just don't believe it. Yeah. Um, but RTT or other forms of hypnotherapy, you know, are tapping subconscious level to help people shift. And it's always with will, their own free will. It's not, no one knows, no one is doing anything against their will. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's from the conversations I've had with people. I think just how hip, being hypnotized has been portrayed to us our whole life in movies and stuff like that. You know, I had a conversation yesterday with someone. They're like, oh, uh, I'm like, oh, I did my session. They're like, oh, did you get out the clock? And yeah, everything. And I, I'm like, <laughs> listen, I, I don't blame to, them. I know, I, don't I know, I know. And the thing is, like, people used to say that to me and things. I said, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I don't take them seriously. There are no. a lot of people who, who don't want to do it. And that's fine until they maybe get stuck and they may need health issues and stuff like that. And other things aren't working. Some people may find something that may work for them. Some yeah. people may not have anything and fine. But I think that um, um, even more so now, things are changing. I think Mind Valley have done a lot of work into really changing mindsets. Other people are doing a lot of work on mindsets, and people are changing or becoming open. Maybe it's because the world is changing, and people are open to looking at other modalities and looking at ways of healing and moving and transforming themselves because they don't want to be stuck. There's yeah. lots of people who are quite happy to be stuck and they want to just stay in there. They, they, it's natural to be in your comfort zone anyway. And so, yeah. a group of people will always, always want to just stay in their comfort zone. For sure. You know, I know somebody, I had somebody, a family member who basically, he had his job. He did it for 25 years. He'd be there from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day. He'd come home, he'd have his dinner, he'd watch his TV. He'd maybe go to the gym maybe once, once two, three times a week or go for a swim. And, and then that would be it. He'd raise his, have his children. He raised his kids. He'd pick them up from school, take them back to school, whatever he did. And, and he'd meet family at the weekends. And that was it. That was it. He did, had no drive and ambition. He... And then when he left his job, he had the same car, he had the same more or less clothes, he didn't want to do anything else. And that's okay, that's yeah, his life and he's happy fine. with that. For me, you know, I want to, I couldn't wait to get out, you know, be 16 and what, travel the world, <laughs> conquer the world, learn, grow, develop as much as I can, yeah. expand. And, um, and, and I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that. I actually nearly, nearly married a guy when I was 23. He wanted to stay in a particular city in the UK. And all he wanted to do is do his accountancy and just stay in, this, in, that, in that job and, and stay in that place and live his life. Whereas I was like, I want to go and you change the world. And do that yeah, I want to travel yeah. the world. I want to conquer the world. I want to heal and to change. I want to do as much as I want to. Yeah. And, you know, he's lived his life the way he wanted to and I've lived my life the way I wanted to and you know I'm all about transformation and change and what's really important for me is really people living a life of pure freedom on all levels uh, um, vitality and vibrancy and pure abundance on all levels yeah so um I created a program called Quantum Freedom, which is basically RTT coaching and other things that I create in that. And it's all about, yeah, 
just quantum freedom, just really elevating yourself as the highest way possible from the inside out, from every single molecule cell to actually being expansive. Because if you're not free mentally, emotionally, physically, then you have nothing. You always be holding to someone or something. And so when we're constantly looking for, you know, that nice car or we want to make that money of course you want to have money and nice cars but if you're codependent on that if you're codependent on somebody for a relationship and willing to take the breadcrumbs that they give you so that you're you know you feel loved by them you're always going to be beholden to someone right yeah you're yeah. not free you're kind of like chained you're chained to whatever you're chained you're not mentally free you're yeah. you know you're 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 trying to make get validated from other people as well you're never going to be free once you actually are looking at the inner game of yourself and really focusing yourself and having that amazing relationship with yourself and falling in love with yourself sounds a bit cliche but it is true the more you do that the more you feel peace in within yourself you feel full of love peace tranquility the more your life is going to change 100 percent. if you don't have that you don't have anything yeah yeah because you can have all those things but you'll never have peace of mind and happiness you can have it to some level but it'll never fulfill you yeah that's very true yeah that's 100 percent true um, one thing you said, like, I totally agree with, you know, the whole loving yourself and so on, yeah. because I think that was, if out of all the work I've done, that was the, I think the biggest thing that has made the biggest impact on my life and taking accountability for everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, please. As I was going to say, and then, you know, as you're saying that, you know, people think this maybe it's not woohoo. And the thing is, especially since COVID, even more so there's been a reset button. Even more so people have had a time to re reflect and things. Even more so people are now thinking about and more people are talking about self-love and, and, and doing that. And there's different ways you can do it. You know, it's really sad for me to hear from my clients that they don't love themselves. But what is even sadder when I, and I work with them to do that, but what's even sad for me and it's heartbreaking initially when, you know, I don't know what it feels like to be loved. Mm. I don't know what it feels like to feel love for myself. Yeah. Because they've never had it. Yeah. And these are people who are working out very successful people, all sorts of backgrounds, mothers, uh, fathers, you know, high achievers, whatever, you know, students doing, going out and doing it. And on the outside, they're, 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 they're great. They're great. Yeah. But on the inside, they don't even know how, how it feels like to feel love. Mm. And it's like, oh, my God. And so we have to really try to build that up. And that's really sad. And so, you know, and... Love is the highest vibration anyway. If you're looking to, the more you, the, the more you want to flow and, and be in your flow and that there's lots of people, I think Steve Kotler talks about flow and, and being in your flow of work and things. A lot more people talking about flow. It's energy flow. But the energy flow is only going to happen if you have the energy flow within yourself. Yeah. You can't get it from outside. It all comes you from try it on the outside, you, it's not going to last. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. There's a time, there's a time yeah. limit on it. Yeah. So I think people, more and more people are becoming aware of that. Yeah. People are being awakened about that and people are more open to looking at that now. And especially with COVID, they're thinking, reassessing the whole lives, look, reassessing what they're doing, they're reassessing the year, um, what they're doing, uh, reassessing who they're with or not with. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know? So, um, yeah, so I think more and more people are now open to it. And so those those people, they were skeptical. If they want to be skeptical, fine. They're welcome to be. But then I think, Many conversations I've had, they haven't become. They're open to it and they change it. But if you want to be skeptical and not do it, that's fine as well. And yeah, if you feel though it's not course. for me, that's okay. If you don't want to change, you know. You don't have to. I, I'm in the business of helping people. And that's, that's what Marissa wants to do and that, what she does. And I believe in this is that, you know, life is too short. And you want to grow and fo as fast as possible and expand as fast as possible. And you can do that. And, you know, RTT is one way to do that. Yeah. You know. 
And what would you say? Because I was thinking, because I went, I did therapy a couple months ago, just normal, normal therapy. I don't know what that even means, but normal therapy, just talk, talk therapy, talk, talk therapy. Yeah, exactly. how you're feeling, what's happening, exactly. Yeah, awareness. And I had, I think, I did about four sessions, and it was very helpful. Yeah, very, very helpful. Yeah. I, I definitely changed my perspective on a lot of things. My whole thing was I was not enough. That was the underlying belief, but. After going through this course and seeing the power of RTT and hypnotherapy and how many things it can like fix, the question I started to ask myself is, why would I go to another form of therapy rather than just do this? But I, like you, you were saying earlier, yeah. there's a place for everything. Exactly. So I'm not saying no, that's exactly. not, you know what I mean? I think it's a place for everything. And there's sometimes, like you said, that you didn't know, you felt that you want to talk it out, okay? So, and it's about awareness as well. Even kinesiology is about awareness. So you want to be aware of what's happening. Why are you feeling like this? What's coming up? What triggered it? And and sometimes just talking about it and coming and under, having an understanding of it is really helpful. Yeah. 50% of it is going to be awareness anyway. And so I, I really validate that as well. Where I think it's become sometimes an issue is, for instance, you know, I've had a client who's, you know, had been raped three times, three times in her life. Um, and she was seeing someone on a weekly basis to talk about it for two years. For what? I don't think that that's going to really make much difference hmm. talking about it. And, you know, there's enough studies now as well. I think Harvard did one as well that you you talk because, OK, the brain doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, like sports, people will imagine that they've got they've made the perfect swerve, a serve, you know, in tennis or um, throw the ball perfectly in a basket hoop or done a golf swing perfectly, whatever it is, you can visualize anything to do perfectly and the brain will know different. I used to use that method for my running. When I was in London, I used to run um, near the river in Hammersmith every Sunday, if, whether it was cold or sunny, and I used to dread doing the six-mile run. I used to dread it. Oh, but six miles is a, <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. And uh, But how I used to get over it was before the run, I used to visualize that I've, I was running, I've, that I did the run. And I'd really visualize it and really feel that I'd already done it. So the mind would thought, oh, okay, you've just done it. And you don't just want to do it again. And so when I used to go for the run, the run was so much more easier. It just flowed because think, well, you've already done it, so it doesn't matter. It's easy. It's yeah. easy. Yeah. So that and so and you know you can visualize now that's a very positive way of reviewing things and and visualizing creating but the thing is if you're talking about the same problem again and again and you're not and you're reliving the experience because you're effectively reliving and re-triggering potentially as well that experience that's not going to give you any value and it doesn't help so in those instances um you know i think that that's where Tapping at the subconscious level is very important to clear all of that so you can move on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've worked with couples as well. Uh, recently, I worked with a couple who both had their own baggage and they were talking. They'd been seeing a therapist for a year and a half. I think that was just too long um, to deal with. And they got tired in the end. They just It wasn't working for them. And so I was recommended for, for their mutual friend. And they worked with me. And really, it was about clearing each, each of their baggages and what they came into. Because again, as I said to you, other people you you get triggered by other people but it's not the person no. it's you being triggered by something that happened to you yeah and it's just about clearing that yeah and so this couple were being were, were triggering each other from stuff that they've been carrying and hadn't cleared out yeah and so once we did that a lot of the they had a, a lot of understanding with each other about what was the past from their you know their previous issues and then having to them connect a bit better 
So, you know, it, it works for the couples as well. You do that. So you do a bit of marriage counseling that way. Yeah, for sure. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really, and also, you know, medication, it has its place and it's valuable as and when it's needed. Yeah. Not, not, that shouldn't be the first line. No, I think, think that yeah. should, you know, there should be a whole criteria or, or steps to get to that. Yeah. Um, but everything has its place. Yeah, everything yeah. has its place. I think that's the right, the yeah. right approach to have as yeah. well. Over the years, so you've been doing it now for a couple of years. Five years. Five years, yeah. yeah that's, that's a long time. <laughs> um, I can imagine, because I'm like, it's I'm, it was really interesting to talk to you because I'm at like level one and you're like at level five. So it's I'm curious, so interested to see when you were starting out, how long did it take for you to start feeling like really comfortable with like the whole, like taking someone through the sessions and stuff? Was it quick or was it? I was it, trained really well, so... And you're trained directly with Marissa too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's pretty Yeah, we're live. So yeah. um, I was trained, um, I think, the first few sessions. Really? You follow the process and you follow the process. I don't think you can go wrong. And I think you just tap into your intuition, your common sense and things mm. like that. And even more so now, I mean, the program is, is trained and taught very, very well anyway. So yeah. I think that... Um, um, you'll give, be given the confidence and the belief to be able to do it and you have enough practice beforehand anyway yeah. so that you feel that you're, yeah, that you you're doing it. Do it. You can just do it. Yeah, yeah. You just did it yesterday. That's you did true. really well. So what the hell? <laughs> There's no reason for you to question yourself. That's true. That's true. I think you, and, and Marissa does also this whole thing about being the phenomenal therapist. She does a group session. on. Yeah, she always one. says that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her like phrase. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. So, yeah. and so look, there's no reason for you to, it's again, it's self-belief. Self-belief. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So when you came, when you started doing it here in Dubai, you've been doing it since 2017, right? In Dubai? No, 2015. 2015, okay. So when you started compared to now, how how has the perception changed around things like hypnotherapy? Because I feel now it's a lot more more, prevalent. Yeah, it's much more. So was it more difficult when you were starting out? No, people knew about it then because there's hypnotherapy here anyway and and people know about it. People didn't really know much about RTT, Mm. but they were beginning to understand it and things. But now a lot of people know about RTT. Um, and um, and it's grown. I mean, Marissa, the the the, cor- the course and Marissa and has won so many awards, but on the efficacy of it all, and um, it, and it's grown so immensely for people who want to train, but people who want to have the sessions, you know, yeah. so on both sides. Um, and yeah, I mean, the thing is that, but people were, you know, people if people wanted help, and as I said, people wanted to. Um, when you when they want help and they see that something's gonna is gonna be effective and fast, then they want to help. help. Nothing's a magic pill, but it's gonna be way faster than a lot of other things that sometimes they may be sick and tired of going to talk therapy or had you know or uh, and or feeling the pain that they've been feeling. They want to get rid of it and they yeah. want to really do some deep work and to clear it all, all out. Yeah, and. Over the years, I know each client you probably worked with gives you an immense feeling of satisfaction that you're oh. able to help them with the issue. Yeah. But what is there or was there one client that really like stands out that you can remember? So many now, honestly. It's been, there it's been are so much, yeah. many. And I, I, I can't, I couldn't really name one. I mean, uh, yeah, there is two, there are so many on so many levels. It's just blown me away. Yeah. I mean, I've had a veteran who'd been blown up seven, 27 times in a tank. And she'd been constantly seeing a doctor, various doctors had so many operations and she got developed severe, severe anxiety. Um, and she couldn't bring herself to, um, 
Uh, she couldn't bring herself to go into the doctors anymore. It was too much for her. Um, we, I'd worked with her, but one of the sessions we did, and that one session just changed her completely. Really? Yeah. Um, I had another client who, um, you know, there's been obviously um, cults, you know, where there have been abuse and things like that, and um, cleared all of that and that they felt better, let go of all of that. I had one client who was really skeptical with me, she, and she was recommended by her sister, and she said, well, I'm, I'm, she told me to speak to you, and, and um, I'm just going to do it, yeah. <laughs> no, and you know, we're going to have this chat, but look, I'm not going to waste your time. I just don't want to be bullshitted. Just tell me what it is and how you're going to help me. And, um, and, uh, and if you know, if you're going to, if you can't help me, just tell me because I don't want to waste my time. I mean, that's how the conversation started. I thought, okay. <laughs> okay. Nice anyway, <laughs> yeah, and um, she'd had a lot of things and she'd had a nurse breakdown at one point and she'd left work and now she was trying to have a baby plus she had a real passion for singing and things and she had lots of blocks. And so she was really skeptical and I love a challenge. So, um, and uh, so I said to her, I said, look, um, I know you've gone through a lot of experiences and you find this expensive um, and... Um, but, you know, I know I can help you, provide you're open and willing to get help. And um, so why don't I do this? Why don't you work with me and don't, don't pay me until at the end? And if you feel that you've got the results, then pay me afterwards. Okay. So she couldn't really say no to that. So we were first worked on her voice and she had a beautiful voice and she had a real fear for, she'd been having issues about her voice. Her throat was blocked with a lot of emotion that she'd been carrying. A lot of people I've had who have uh, lose their voice um, because they're carrying a lot of emotion or haven't been able to speak up. And so she ha she was one of them. And it was all a lot to do with the trauma from the childhood. Mm. And then we had that we cleared a stuff all about to do with songwriting and also finding the guitarist or the band and then her standing up and doing the gigs. And then she, you know, we worked on that. And then um, she then sent me the videos of the gigs she did. And I mean, I still have that. And the music, she's got an amazing voice. So that was that one done. So that was one thing that she had. And then she was going for IVF and she had a lot of issues. Um, IVF and she had only one embryo left. And there was a lot of complications and things. And I said, look, let, and we're working together. So she said, I want you to help me with this. I said, okay. So we worked together on that. The egg thing that's glowing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah and things yeah. like that. So we did all of that. And um, and it was her last one, and she got pregnant. That's awesome. And That's a amazing. year ago, she had a baby girl. And this September, I think it was September the 6th, I called her up and messaged her again. I said, it's your birth, your daughter's birthday, one year old. She said, yes. I said, I wish her happy birthday. I hope you're well. I hope you're well. So, yeah, you know, that was a client who had was extremely skeptical. Yeah. She was like being recommended and she thought, okay, maybe she can help me or not anyway. And uh, and we did both these big things that she wanted to achieve in her life and she got them. Yeah, so, that's pretty yeah. awesome. So that's, I think, one of the, I have a lot of others I could talk about, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's blessings. They're all blessings. Yeah, it really like to, like, come on, to have someone, the voice is one thing, but to have someone like get pregnant and that, that 
you have a gift that's always going to remind her remind her of you well you i don't know, know if she can remind me because <laughs> i think it's like the fact that she's got a baby and she's happy and that's, like, you that's know, enough. she sent me a little clip as well yeah yeah you know and uh you know i'm not god but the thing is that you know i <laughs> you try and help, help like, i'm helping the way yeah. some of the, the techniques that i've learned exactly you know, from risa so yeah and other things yeah and i know you you have a lot of areas of focus you know uh, personal growth business mind body sports and stuff is there one area in particular that you enjoy the most or that you feel most passionate about or are you happy with either I think I'm just more I mean look I work with professionals I work with entrepreneurs I work with stay-at-home moms and things I work with people, young kids and stuff I work with little children as well I think um, I think all of it is really interesting I think that um, you know and people come with different problems but a lot of them is because they're not feeling enough they've lost their self-worth their anxiety I think yeah I mean the people that I really I mean I work with people who are anxious stuck or sick okay Okay. and so those are key you know whoever is anxious stuck or sick anxious because anxiety is a symptom of all these other issues that they may have Um, being stuck you know I remember when I was 38 I was really stuck in my life I didn't know what to do and and I basically reached out to I was yeah, when I was 38, I was like overweight. I was like three stone overweight. I was hating my job. And I was in a very uh, dysfunctional relationship. And um, I... Um, and you it was Google the coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So basically what happened was that I was like, it was t- t- 2006 and it was moving into 2007. I thought, I cannot bear another year like this. Like this. Yeah. And I was in too much pain. I thought, I cannot, I've got to change something. And I've always been very good at doing that. But I don't know what happened. I got stuck somewhere. And I just felt, right, I've got to do something. And obviously, this is pre-Marissa um, and RTT or anything else. I, I did on my own things. But I just thought, I've got to Google something. I've got to find someone. And um, I uh, Googled and I found a coach. And this guy actually respi- responded back to me, Lee. His name's Lee Barnes. And he's very good. And, um, and uh, yeah, so basically, I... Um, you know, reached out to him and then he helped me. Um, and I, within the first three months of that year, I lost three stone. And then I slowly started, finished that relationship. And then I, um, in that year, then I traveled to Australia to see one of my best friends. By the end of the year, I made an intention that I was going to be living abroad. Yeah. And that I was going to apply for jobs now abroad and a Dubai or UAE and stuff. Funny enough, when I came back, um, I was actually headhunted for a job in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> no way. When you put the energy out there, when you put the intention out there, the energy shifts anyway and things happen. Yeah. So, and then two months later, I was in Abu Dhabi with a new job and a new life, completely different. Yeah. And last 12 years, 13 years of my life have been phenomenal. I mean, I've had a few setbacks. I did get married and get divorced, but again, that was a learning. But overall, um, it was has been phenomenal and I'm now living my dream and I think that when I did that whole change even when I moved countries I still hadn't done the work on self-love myself and it's only when I had got married and you know realized married the wrong person Mm. I'd realized I'd married the wrong person the day of my vows and oh wow yeah and I still made it work Um, and then we left consciously in a respectful dignified manner and that's when I really worked on myself to love myself as well and then Again, last five years, um, last seven years, six, seven years have been phenomenal. Yeah. And that, that year that you were talking about, that was kind of the catalyst that pre- took, you know, started all this, that whole I journey. was already starting. Yeah. I was already on that journey of training and things like that. Yeah. And this yeah. happened. In fact, that probably, you know, sometimes we don't want to look at 
the issues. You know, don't look in the mirror and yeah, see what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and then think, yeah, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. But when you actually start doing the work, when you're learning to be a therapist, when you're doing that work, you're you're having to confront things that you haven't confronted. And things started changing. And it was really funny. And I, we talk about energy. Every time I do, the, I do a weekend kinesiology, after we'd done all the work that day, at the end of that, that weekend, I'd have to go home. And I just, my body did not want to go back into that home because it just knew that the energy wasn't right. It didn't want to be there. It's kind of like that gut feeling, right? Exactly. That you, you know. Yeah, you know, you yeah. know, you know. But you just, and this is it. I think the one of the things that is so important, I think that's why a lot of people are depressed because they never tap into their intuition. They never tap into the inner voice. And when you don't tap into your inner voice, that's when you get depressed. That's when you're not re- really living your true life, authentic life. And I have to say that that's one thing that did happen to me when I was married. I wasn't really listening to my voice. I hadn't followed through my inner voice. I had done all this work and I'd done all these amazing things. This is pre, you know, training, and and I was, I was living this amazing life. So of course, I met, I met somebody, I meet, I meet them, I live happily ever after. That's what they say on the tin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you're not loving yourself, if you think that you are loving yourself but you're not really loving yourself, then you met the wrong person and then you you know in your inner voice you're not following through with your inner voice that's when you get depression that's when you get anxiety that's when you're um you don't have peace of mind yeah because on some level you like like you said you know you know you know and you're acting in like almost in the opposite to that completely it just builds it like why you know like i know you know exactly you know sometimes you you know talking to somebody you're not sure whether they're they're right or not but you or sometimes you know completely this person not i don't want to talk to this person but sometimes you don't know there's something about somebody you're not feeling comfortable about you know and 10 out of 10 it, you know those people have turned out to be not so nice exactly yeah yeah exactly yeah. so the more you trust your intuition even if the vibe isn't right the energy is not right even if it's not 100% trust it because yeah. the thing is that your inner voice is your internal guide you if you meditate you connect with it you're you know and start living your life in authenticity you're depressed a lot of depression i believe is a lot to do with that you're not yeah. following through in your inner voice and once you're doing that oh my god your life is amazing yeah and so when i left that marriage and then you know so i had an amazing life i had had done a lot of work i had cleared a lot of stuff but i still fell into that trap of thinking oh this person's the right person i love that person i will love them enough so they can love me yeah i will be the people pleaser i'll be the rescuer and so i'd done a lot of work but i hadn't really done the work on myself that level so i'd done all the weight loss i'd done the change the job everything else new environment now it was obviously you were saying well you've got to do that work on yourself internally samira right and you know so i went through in that marriage look the person was amazing he's a lovely guy we're still friends i just wasn't the right person for me and vice versa and I was in a, in a I was in a marriage where I felt I was not loved, but then I guess I wasn't loving myself at that time, and I went through a period of severe depression, yeah. um, and um, and uh, you know, and I lost my personality, and because I was not following through on my own inner intuition, and so when you start doing that, you get your strength, and you you know, when you walk away from that. You have everything because once you're aligned with your inner voice, when you're aligned with your purpose, everything flows. Yeah. And like, and I wanted to come to that point um, about being aligned. Yes. You said that at the beginning as well. Mm. How do, how does someone become aligned? Do you understand? Yeah. How do I start bringing that whole equation together? So I think that everyone has a gift. Everyone knows what they're meant to be doing. We all come over here into this planet 
have with something. Some people say, oh, I don't know what I want. But you know, deep down you have, you must it's just buried down there. As a kid, you may have known what you want to do or you basically are not listening to your inner voice. And, you know, and sometimes it's because you were just so, like I had a client that I, I started working with last week. You know, he was, has not, he doesn't, he was, he'd lost his purpose. He wasn't sure what he wanted to do. And um, he, he, you know, he's feeling angry. He's feeling, um, he's been, feels that people take advantage of him. Um, and um, and he, he didn't connect to his inner voice. Yeah. But the, I suppose there's so much stuff there. There was so many layer upon layer of some of, of so much years of baggage they'd put on that he he didn't have a space to do it. And that one session, I mean, literally from from beginning to the end of the session, the guy looked about ten years younger. I mean, he was young anyway, but he looked even younger. Yeah, yeah. And he was blown away by the session. And then the last few days, he just told me about the interviews he's been having and how they're going really well. And he's really excited about it and feeling more aligned about those interviews. Before, he wasn't sure if he wanted to do those. He just wanted to give up on life. And now he's feeling completely different. And that's one session. Yeah. So I think it's when you're, you know, you're, it's clearing out the rubbish. Yeah, I think yeah? that's it. Yeah. It's it. And then yeah. you feel you you can practice listening to your inner voice, practice being still, because sometimes we we're not. That's what RTT is or hypnotherapy is. We are giving an opportunity because you're all aware of what you're doing. We're just clearing out all the distractions, so yeah. you can actually be a moment of peace to tap into yourself and be with you. Yeah, that's what it is, really. Yeah, yeah. And people don't give themselves enough time to do that on a day to day. Yeah. So they have to come and work with someone to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny that you said that because uh, the person I was working with yesterday, after we finished the session, he was like, every time I meditate, th what I felt today is what I'm trying to like get to and I've never been able to. But like yes. today was the first time yes. I've been able to yes. ever feel that yes. like calm. Yes. Even his face, like you said, his yeah. face after just looked like, <sighs> yes. like, you know, something was just like, oh, Lifted, like yes. taken exactly. off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the client that I, who, who I did this for the other day, he just said, I've never been this relaxed in my life. I've never, ever. And he's 34 years old. He said, I've never been this relaxed in my life. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's crazy how things change yeah. once you get rid of all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, um, you know, the, it, it gets buried, your intuition and your alignment. And so once you release all of that, you, you can then tap into your intuition. You have your internal guide. You'll know what your purpose is. And even then you can then do some other work, but you're at a, at a deeper level, you're able to do that and you'll find it. Exactly. Yeah. You're giving your space. You have to give yourself space to do it. A hundred percent. Yeah. You do need that space. Uh, Samir, I want to be conscious of our time yes. today. So uh, I just have two more questions. Go for ahead. You. Go ahead. Um, First of all, I wanted to ask you about your, why don't you tell us about your mission that you have? I love what it was. What was it? Uh, <laughs> nine, nine million transformations, nine cities, nine years. So how are we yes, doing right now? Okay. So, okay. So look, I, uh, when I started this, I wanted to just, I want to do my part in transforming the world. And um, I wanted to, my mission was or has been nine million transformations in nine cities in nine years, because I believe nine, nine transformations, each one of them can transform somebody in their life. So say they did three or four people in their life, then there'll be 36 million. Then that 36 million will do another three, four million. Then it go into from a country. Like exponential, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a country to to a continent, from a continent to to um, one side of the world to globally so that's my way of impacting the world yeah. now i was actually doing a ticker tape thing that are nine million people but i kind of stopped it because then i started thinking maybe i want to do bigger because now since i've grown and developed so much and expanded so much i think that um i want to do more and, and, well, yeah. and i think it's because i 
you know, I work with coaches, I work with therapists, I work with, you know, people who want to come and do RTT, you know, people who, um, who want to have sessions with me. So I work with lots of people. So I feel that any contact I have with anyone, like yourself here today, and anyone who's listening or anything, is a way of actually helping them, you know, make it, they're going to make a shift, and yeah. that's going to shift and then transform. So we're transforming them on that levels. It doesn't have to be completely 100% RTT. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I'm still doing that. I think I may re, re um, look at the numbers again and do that. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, I may be increasing that anyway. And yeah. then it's also because I have an online platform. I'm doing that and I'm so and growing that and so the more I do that the more it's going to be expansive. Yeah, you got a bigger reach as well. Exactly. I love I love by the way. It just sounds great 999. Yes, 9 <laughs> 999 is like a 9 is my lucky number and 9 is a, a is a number of completion. So for me it's okay. a, it's completion. It's about tra- doing that transformation and completing. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Uh Samira for my last question today mm-hmm. this is a question I ask all my guests. Mm-hmm. What is the message that you'd like all the people at home to take home with them today? Uh, the message I would like all your people or everyone out there who's listening to this to take home is life is too short. You don't have to be carrying anything that you've been carrying for a long time that's painful. Everyone goes through an episode in their life, but it's only an episode in their life. It's not the story of their life. And you can change it. You have the power to change anything you want to and let go of anything that you've been holding on to. And so... You know, if anything they can take away is, is the belief they can change, the hope yeah. they can change, and knowing the belief they change. And as this moment, as this very moment, from the moment they listen to this, they say, I can change, I am, I am changing, I choose to change, and now I'm going to take steps to change myself. Yeah, I think that's beautiful, and it's the perfect way to end the episode. Samir, I wanted to say thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. It was a pleasure speaking to you and listening to your story, and it was so interesting listening to your mission and how you've been helping clients, and I think it's just beautiful and We'll see where I am in a couple of years. Hopefully yes. we're in the same place. But Absolutely. That'll be awesome. Uh, thank <laughs> you so well. much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Guys, to everyone at home, thank you so much for listening. And as always, hope it helps. Peace. Take care. Bye.